Amen. You may be seated. Well, I hope your week of prayer and fasting has been a, a life-changing time that you've had this past week. I know you, uh, it's kind of cool to be able to have those times to where some are still going to continue to do certain things. And in fact, uh, Angie and I watched this thing that I'd gotten on, in an email called the Daniel Plan. And uh, it's going to challenge me even more than what this past week did. Because one of the things that I'm going to have to give up is sugar. And I don't know if, if you've given up sugar, but if I, I don't know how many times I've eaten my weight in sugar in my lifetime, okay? Because this boy loves sweets. And, and they say every Coke you drink has a cup of sugar in it. And I can't even begin to tell you how many Cokes I've had in my lifetime. So... Giving that up is going to take a God thing. So I ask for your prayers <laughs> as I move forward over this 14-day period that we're looking to try this and do this and see what God does. But, but you know, I want to just share you how God works in some powerful ways. This past week uh, has been, was a powerful time. The Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday was just fasting, seeking the Lord. And, and I had a time that I w was going to break my fast that the Lord had told me. It was into that afternoon of that third day. And so I went and I was, you know, I focused on food, not, not food, but the word. Uh, most of us focus on food while we're fasting, and you're not supposed to do that. But, but you know, uh, that, uh, that last night I began to think, well, where am I going to eat at? And so I thought of a, a place in Monroe, and it was a Chinese restaurant that I go to there next to Home Depot uh, down in that area. And so, you know, I've been praying, seeking the Lord in, in all these areas with the, the church and the future and the land and getting all that. And I had gone through and I'd realized that we have to get everything submitted this month to Walton Planning and Development. Then they go through February, they have a meeting in March, and they'll finally vote in April. So that's the process. So I'm sitting there, I finish my uh, egg drop soup and my sesame seed chicken, and I'm I get my fortune cookie, and I pull my fortune cookie out, and you know, we, we all get divine wisdom from fortune cookies, don't we? But my fortune cookie said, remember three months from this date, good things are in store for you. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. God is even, he's messing with me even with a fortune cookie over here. Three, remember three months for this date, and I'm going, this is January the 11th, so April, by April the 11th, something's good in store for me. I'm going to remember. I thought that's kind of funny to be able to share with you all this morning. But I want to tell you a kind of funny story about faith, and today's topic is about a, a, dec a description of faith. And if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11, or pull out your phone and turn to, or go to Hebrews 11 in it. And we'll get ready for that in a minute. I, Caleb's going to have to pick up. I'd entered all my stuff in it this morning. We looked. It was gone. So he's just going to kind of follow my lead over here. And, I, you know, I hate it when those things happen. But I had a faith story I wanted to share with you. And it was about a preacher. And he, this preacher was going to visit an elderly uh, person. And so the church had bought some supplies for the elderly uh, person in, in, in their ministry in their church and so the preacher had those supplies in his truck and while he was going on that visit he ran out of gas 
And he was about a mile away from a gas station out there in the country, and he knew where it was. So he walked down there to get him a, a container to put some gas in and go back and put it in his truck. Well, the people there at the store said, we don't have any containers, but if you wait for a few hours, we'll get, we'll get somebody to take care of him. He said, I don't have that much time to wait. He said, I got some. I'll go back to the truck and see if I got anything. So he went back to the truck, and all he could find was a urinal. And he took that urinal that they had for the elderly people, and he brought it up to the filling station. He filled it up, and he walked back to his truck. Well, he was there putting the gas in his truck, and these old two country boys come riding by, and they saw what the preacher was doing. One of them looked at the other, and he said, now, man, that preacher's got some faith. <laughs> some of y'all are going to get that, have gotten that. Some of you will be eating your lunch, and you'll go, I got it. I got it. That boy, that preacher's got some faith. All right. Well, anyway, that's the funny joke for today. <laughs> We're going to jump in and see some cool things that are in this passage today, a description of faith. Do you know that there's really not a definition of faith in the Bible? There's only a description of it. And we're going to see what it is in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. It says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of of things not seen. We're going to break down that verse here in just a moment, but the first thing that we see there is faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. Now, hold your spot in your Bible and turn over to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, and look at that verse, and it deals with who our faith should be in. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author, the leader, and the perfecter, of our faith. So we, Jesus is the one who is the author of this faith, and he is the one who is the perfecter, the completer of our faith. And you know, and I've been talking about faith since we started this new year, and, and the more I've talked about it, I thought, well, I've never really given you guys a description, or, a, you know, not a definition, but a description of it, and I don't want to assume anything. I just want to make sure that you have this clear understanding of what biblical faith really is. Now, here's another really powerful scripture that just kind of brings things into focus, and that's found in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. It tells us where faith comes from. You know, and when you understand this, this blows your mind away. It says faith, so faith comes from hearing. Faith comes from hearing, and hearing from the Word of Christ or the Word of God. Now think about that. Your faith comes from hearing and hearing from the Word of Christ. Man, when I, when I finally discovered that, I said, God, I said, salvation is such a gift from God. We're saved by grace through faith, that not of ourselves is a gift from Him. But what a gift it is, because we can't do anything to deserve it. We just respond to it and receive it, because even the faith that we have comes from hearing and hearing from the Word of God. So listen, this Word, this is the key. That's why we preach the Word of God. That's why we share the Word of God, is because faith 
the faith that's going to change a person's life comes from this source, which is the Word of God, the Word of Christ. That's awesome to think about. That is just mind-blowing to think about. It really is. And so what I want to do here is I just want to go back to this verse that we first looked at in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, and kind of break it down. The Bible calls faith in this verse, it says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Now, what does that word assurance mean? Some translations, actually, it means substance. Faith is the assurance or substance of things hoped for. Now, when you break down the word substance, sub meaning under, sub means under, and then stance means what you will stand on. And so it's under and we stand on it. And so it, that basically gives a picture of what? Something that is a rock, that's the foundation, is the concrete, so to speak. That's why Jesus in the, in the Bible says, upon this rock you will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it because the foundation, the most important thing, is this. Faith is the foundation. Faith is an assurance. It's a substance. It's a rock. You know, the old timers, if you go and you look at a country homes that were built back in the day before they had concrete, what will you find underneath that house? What you going to find? You're going to find a cornerstone. You're going to find a big rock that was a cornerstone for the beginning of that house to be built upon. Go out there in the country, man. You'll find them, that big old rock. You know, and, and that's what they built that house upon, was upon that. Now, several months down the road, we'll be out there, and we don't have to get a big rock. You know what we'll be doing? We'll be pouring concrete. It's like one boy told me when we started building our house, uh, Tom Tackett, you know, some of y'all know Tom, but he said, you know, when that concrete goes to coming out of that truck, it has kind of a greenish tint looking to it. And he said, because that's money. That's money right there is what it is. That's a bunch of money they're pouring out there on the ground. And some of you that know have built, you know what I'm talking about. Because that is not, uh, that's something that is not inexpensive. My, my uh, father-in-law who's gone to be with the Lord died back in uh, 07. When, when he'd come to visit us up in when we lived in Gwinnett County because we moved from the country to up in Duluth to live in Gwinnett County where they have Gwinnett is great you know out on the water tank and my daddy would visit and say oh yeah it's great for something it's great for traffic is what it is but but Gwinnett had 700 something thousand people at that time now they got 900 something thousand people but I remember my father-in-law saying man he said, uh, you can definitely have you a, a business and a concrete business up here in this county because everything out here is concrete. And, but you know what? It was things being built upon something to, a substance to stand upon. Let me ask you, what about your faith? Your faith, what is it built on? What's the cornerstone to your faith? What's your rock? You know, I've been, with in a, I've been in a room with people before, and I've heard a wife describe her husband as the rock in her life. He's my rock. He's my foundation. 
He's my cornerstone. And I know what they mean by that, and, and that's well intended. And, and, and this is a term of solid man. I love his solid foundation. But what happens to that wife who says that when her husband dies? And he will at some point, or they will. Who is your rock? Who is your cornerstone? Who is your foundation when that's taken away? I'm going to tell you, if it's not in Jesus, everything else is going to sink at some point. That's why we sing that song, All Other Ground is Sinking Sand. But upon this rock, this solid rock, I stand, and it's none other than Jesus. So that's the first thing. It's the substance, the assurance. Here's the next. Faith is the substance of what? Of things hoped for. Now this hope for is not wishful thinking. You remember, we, we, did, we did a series through hope last year. And biblical hope is a, comp, is a, a confident expectation and desire for something good to happen in the future. It's a confident expectation and desire. Something good is going to happen. The Bible's hope means absolute assurance based on what? The Word of God. Our hope is founded and built based upon what God has spoken and what God has said. Now let me ask you this question. Can God lie? God cannot lie. It's, there's even a verse in the Bible that says God cannot lie. Now, all men are liars. We've all, I guarantee you, every one of us in this room have lied before. Would you not agree with that? Every person in this room has lied. We've all lied. But God cannot lie. And so when he tells you something, and, you can, and it's in his word, that's where faith operates out of. When, God, when Jesus told his disciples... Let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, many dwelling so places. If it weren't so, I would have told you. And then he said, check this out. And I go to prepare a place for you. Now that is a promise coming from God. In other words, God's promising you, I've got, I'm picking your place out. It's not going to fade away like everything in this world is. But that's a promise coming from God who cannot lie. Doesn't that bring you comfort in knowing when Jesus gives you the promises? And this, this book is full of promises from God. And God will never break one of them. I'll, I'll admit, I've broken some promises. I promised my kids I'd do something before. I'd promise I'd take them somewhere and I'd forget. We've all broken promises. But listen, God never breaks a promise according to his word that he's given to us. And that, that gives us a confident hope. It's a, the Bible's hope is, is all about that. And it's a substance. It's something we can stand on. It's something that we can rely on. And it's an absolute assurance based upon his word. How many of you have sung that song before? Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Why? Oh, for a foretaste of glory divine, heir of salvation, purchase of old, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. Now, you go on to sing it. This is my story and this is my song because I'm praising my Savior 
all the day long. That's a confident and hope and expectation in what he has provided. So we, we're building, y'all. We're building off this one little verse, but it's loaded. And check this out, the third thing. Faith is also the conviction of things not seen. Conviction also means evidence. Conviction, evidence. Evidence of things not seen. So I want you to just put in parentheses near conviction the evidence of. To be, in other words, if somebody, can somebody convict, I've got a judge right here. Can somebody have a case if they've just got circumstantial evidence? Can, they, can you convict someone because of that? No. Circumstantial evidence won't do it. You've got to have, you've got to have concrete evidence that this is true. And th that's what's so important. And, and when you're in a courtroom, the evidence says, here's the proof. You know, CSI, all these shows out here all over the uh, TV is all about what? Getting the evidence, getting the proof in order to take our case to trial. How many of you have ever been convicted of something? Don't raise your hand. All right. <laughs> How many of you have had to go stand before the judge? I, I did. I did. I went and, and I pleaded guilty. I knew I was guilty because we played in a golf tournament over here uh, while we're at Bethlehem. Only speeding ticket I ever had in my life. I was speeding many times, only ticket every time I ever got caught, you see. But here's what happened. We were playing a church tournament. Davy helped put it on. We were playing a church tournament over here at Providence. And after the tournament, we were going back to eat steak and potatoes and all the good stuff at the fellowship hall. Well, riding back down 81, and it was raining at that point. I was doing 63 miles an hour and it, with the rain. And I saw that state trooper. I met him. He didn't go but 100 yards behind me. And he did one of them flips right in the road. I was impressed by his flip. But I was like, man, does he want me that bad? And then I just kept going. Well, he pulled me over right there where the intersection is, the Shell Station, before you get to 316 on 81. And guess what? I had the privilege of standing there with the state patrol, had the preacher pulled over, and every one of them golfers riding by going, hey there, glad it got you, didn't get us. But, you know, I was convicted, and I, I actually shook his hand. I said, are you going to write me a ticket? He said, I said, I've never had a ticket in all my life. He said, well, you're getting your first one. And I shook his hand. I said, well, you're the one that got me. And when I went to Tammy, she said, don't ask to get out of it. You know, she said, just pay your fine. I said, yes, ma'am, I paid my fine. That was before Caleb and Adam were married. I wouldn't have asked her anyway. But I wasn't going to get out of that ticket. But I was convicted. The evidence, he had me. Now, he told me I was doing 68. I said, no, I wasn't doing 68. I was doing 63. But I had a truck with them big tires on it, and it wasn't calibrated right. And so I probably was doing 68. But I had to pay the fine. I had to pay the fine. Why? The proof and the evidence was against me. It really was. And so that's what they're looking for. Your faith has to have some evidence. It's got to have some proof. And what is it? What is faith the evidence of? It's, it's answered in this verse. But faith is the evidence of 
And this is cool. Things not seen. Things not seen. Wow. Isn't that crazy? It's evidence of things not seen. Now, check this out down there in verse 3 of Hebrews 11. Verse 3, it says, By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. So everything that you see that's been made in this world was made out of by someone who's not even visible. We're talking about God here. Isn't that crazy to think about? Uh, a guy by the name of Mofet said, the visible was made of the invisible. The visible was made of the invisible. That's a cool thought. So everything that, was, that we can see. And you know, as I was thinking through this week, I, I read across this thing that just blew me away because it said, if a man, when you think about the universe and the vastness of it, it said there's a telescope that we're able to take and look into the galaxies, to look into space, and to see, I believe the number was like 10 billion light years away. And I'm like, I, I can't even put my mind around that or thought around that. Now, to let you know what that means, because we can't see it, and we, can't, we don't have the opportunity to look through this telescope that's able to go into space and see that far. But let me put it in perspective. The speed of light travels at 186,000 miles per second. Second. All right? Now think about this. How far is the sun from the earth? It's 93 million miles from us. So... For light to travel from the earth to the sun and to come back to us, it only takes eight minutes. Eight minutes for it to happen. So we're always on an eight-minute delay of, with the speed of light, what's going on with our sun. So think of eight minutes compared to this telescope going out into things we can't see, but it's out there. And we're talking over 10 billion light years, and our sun is just eight minutes away on this light year scale. I mean, can you? That, that's mind-boggling, isn't it? I mean, I, I love science. I love studies. I love math. I know measurements, all those things, and that blows me away. But you know what? It doesn't blow God away. He created it. He's, he has put it all out here. And he's over it. But it's things not seen. Now here's something that I want you to see throughout this text. Because you see different people, men of faith, did certain things without knowing. Check this out. If you look over here. You see right here. It said, verse 7. By faith, knowing, being warned by God about things, what? Not seen. God by faith. Noah was warned about things not seen. Look, look down right there, just a few verses uh, just below that. Verse 8, by faith Abraham, when, he's, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place from uh, which he was to receive 
for an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. So he was told to go to a place, and he didn't even, he didn't even know where he was going, but God said, by faith, Abraham, go. Go to something you've not even seen before. You've not even been there before, but you trust me. Now, the one that really impressed me in the whole Hall of Faith category here is this one. Because this really hits home to all of us. And look over there. It's several verses over. But look over there um, and pick up in verse 23 talking about Moses. It says, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child. And they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused. Check that out. Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill treatments with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Verse 26, I circled it. Considering the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. Now, what can we see about Moses? I mean, uh, see about Moses here in this scripture. And that is Moses, Pharaoh's daughter, Moses' grandson to Pharaoh. He is in, this is the most powerful kingdom in the world at that time. He had everything, the pleasures of everything. Everything was at his fingertips. He could see things that no man could see. I mean, he saw the riches. He saw the pleasures. He saw everything. But you know what he did? He chose, he chose to step back from that and say, mm -mm, I don't want it compared to Jesus, compared to Christ. That's what I want. And, and check this out. It was, it was something he was looking forward to. He hadn't seen it. But he said compared to it, he, by faith, he saw that what was in store, that God had in store for him, made what was the greatest things on earth look like nothing. But he was wise enough to make that decision, for he was looking for the reward down the road. Wow, that, that is amazing, isn't it? To think that Moses had that kind of insight by faith to give that all up. Who would give that all up? Most people wouldn't. Most people said, that's work you, what you work your whole life to get. But he realized the things of this world, they're temporary. But the things that God has in store is eternal. Wow. Things not seen. Let me give you this. Biblical faith is not a blind leap into the dark. Biblical faith is not a blind leap into the dark. It is a confident step into the light. Biblical faith is not a blind leap into the dark. It's a confident step into the light. And that's a, that's a powerful thing, truth. And that's something we should live by, y'all. You know, people always say, you know, just jump out there and just jump out there in faith. It's, it's confidence. It's confidence based upon what? The assurance, the evidence, the conviction that God is real. And God is there. 
And there's, hey, listen, there are going to be people that might tell you, oh, I don't believe in God. I don't believe God is real. How are they going to, they say, you prove it. And when you tell them, you prove that he's not real. You pr and they can't. They cannot prove that he's not real. And then that is the thing that I want you to know this morning. The confidence of walking by faith. So finally, I share this. Faith is a response to God himself. And true faith is always linked to obeying. You see throughout this uh, hall of faith that they've got here, they all responded and they all obeyed by faith, by faith, by faith, over and over. And even look down. You want to know something even impressive? Look at verse 13. It said, all these died in faith without receiving the promises. Wow. You mean they never got to see it? No, but they are experiencing it right now. All of these, all of these died by walking by faith without even seeing the promises down the road. That's like old Joseph. Joseph, mighty one there in Egypt. He even told them, y'all take my bones and y'all take them into the land. And it was some 400 years later that they did. But by faith, he went ahead and he told them, this is what you do with my body by faith when, I'm, when that time comes. Isn't that a great way to live? How are you living? Are you living by faith? Are you walking by faith? Are you led to live a life of faith? How big is your faith? How little is your faith? Those are the questions that I want you to really be thinking about. But today, I just wanted to give you a description of faith to see what God has to say about it. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Because it's by...